Before we start the podcast, we wanted to update you on our end-of-season live podcast taking place on Tuesday the 8th of May at the Roundhouse in Camden with special guests Clint Hill and Sean Derry. The event is now sold out. That's right, all the tickets have gone. Thank you for those who supported us and bought a ticket. If you didn't manage to get a ticket and you still would like to come, there is a possibility that some tickets will become available um, nearer the time. If you want to try and still get a ticket, the only way you can now do this is by being put on the waiting list. Email us at waitinglist at qprpod.co.uk and we'll see what we can do. All tickets that become available will be distributed on a first-come, first-served basis. Hello and welcome back to another edition of uh, Open All Eyes, the QPR podcast. Obviously last week's was an interesting, deep and good podcast. I'm not sure this will be, because I'm back in charge again. This is, this, is, this is more consistent than you get under Holloway, I tell you, I've been picked twice. Anyway, I'm joined tonight, and we're going to do something different today. Everyone's going to introduce themselves. No reason for this, I just thought it was easier. <laughs> Starting from my right. Hi, I'm Jim Mabberley. And what do you do, Jim? I'm a carpenter. Excellent. Can you sing? Ah, oh, you haven't heard that before, have you? Ah, oh, it's awful. Next to him is Steve Sace. And what do you do, Steve? As little as possible. Yeah, not as. <laughs> um, and next to him, uh, I'm David, and uh, I'm a Eckhoff, I believe. Eckhoff, yes. yes. So I was trying not to say that. Uh, and I'm what do a, you do, David? I'm a sort of writer. Sort of writer. Yeah. Um, I write things for people and write the odd book here and there. Excellent. Have you ever mentioned QPR in your books? Uh, Yes, I have. The Royal Factor, which is uh, uh, a novel which is uh, available at all good Amazon stores. Uh, (laughs) The uh, Prime Minister in there is a QPR fan. Excellent. But he can never go because he's the Prime Minister. It's a bit like Cameron when he got Aston Villa and West Ham mixed up. West Rangers or, yeah. or so he sports West Queen's... Villa or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Excellent. And Johnny Mack. And what do you do, Johnny? A little bit more than Steve. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the best podcast ever. <laughs> I can tell already it's just frighteningly terrible. <laughs> right. Um, just so everyone knows, the um, really weird thing is our live podcast is sold out. <laughs> There's no one more shocked than me about this and terrified at the same time because it's the roundhouse. The only way you can get tickets, like the ad says beforehand, is if you go on the waiting list. So if you want to go on the waiting list, you can do, and you will be more than welcome. I, by the way, I'm absolutely shocked it's, it's, it's sold out. Obviously, it's because of Sean Derry and Clint Hill, nothing to do with us being lids. And thank you to everyone who supports the podcast. Without this, we are nothing. This is a podcast for fans. Bye, fans. So let's crack on with talking about Rangers on Saturday. Johnny was there. Come yeah, on, Johnny, hit me with your thoughts. It was my uh, first and last away game of uh, this season. Um, always like to try and get at least uh, one in. So, and I haven't seen them all season. So, uh, you know, people who didn't make it who have been to loads because of the point system are actually cursing you now, as you've said that. Yeah, and I, I don't understand why I was allowed to get uh, over other people, but we got tickets. So anyway. I took my uh, my two boys, my uh, Alfie, who's uh, fourteen, and Charlie, who's who's twelve. So um, and they've learnt some new language from uh, standing on the terraces. So it's a new experience for them. 
Um, but it was, it felt like a, a typical away performance in the way that we set up. Um, didn't feel like we really wanted to attack and win the game. Um, and we could have, uh, chatting before, we could have been three or four down in sort of 15, 20 minutes. So 2 mm. 1 probably flattered us. And I think we did better second half. I think we reorganised um, and we sort of stifled them um, a little bit second half. They, they, you know, they attack with purpose. They move the ball left to right wide. You know, they, they, their wingers hug the touchline. And they had a game plan. And the first half, it really felt like, you know, we didn't. And that to me, seems to be the story that every time we listen to the podcast or the away performances we don't have a game plan it wasn't clear other than trying to sort of stop them playing um, which we couldn't do for the first sort of you know half an hour um, how we were going to at least get a draw because we were probably playing for you know a a draw maximum I couldn't see that we were um, you know going to try and win that game so um, so yeah well I had an interesting start today because I was. Um, I took my daughter and my nephew, as you do, and um, I kind of saw a Brentford fan in Barnet. I've never seen a Brentford fan in my life in Barnet, and I thought, well, that's it. I'm going home. It's a sign. Just go home. Got there. Everyone was happy as Larry. Met some people I haven't seen for years. You have a good old chat. Who do you think is going to ruin today? Is ninety minutes of football? No, no, no. We did well against Fulham. We competed. We were combative. We did everything right. And the first 15 minutes against Brentford, I'm like, we're doing it again. We're just letting them come at us. Yeah, they came, out, they came at us. They absolutely came at us and we didn't know how to deal with them. We really didn't know how to deal with them. And Why did we not man-mark Ryan Woods in midfield? I mean, it was so obvious from the first minute that he is a quality midfielder. Yeah, and he, 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 can, he was stroking the ball around like he was Lord of the Manor. And no one got close to him and that really annoyed me. But I do feel, looking at the way that they set up and the way play, the, the way they played, I'm not sure that you know, they're a better team than us. I st- in every at, department, do you think, or just again in every department, a better team? Yeah, I mean, I think we, def- you know, I think we defended well, and, and Holloway clearly did something at half time. And, but we seem to, you know, we seem to let them have the ball. We didn't press them at all. We let them take it to the halfway line, and only really when they got to the halfway line were we interested in. Um, you know, trying to close them down, mm. um, and you could see at the start of the second half, whatever we whatever we changed, and I think you know, we let them. You know, we sat a little bit deeper. We let them try and play it left and right, and they started to miss. You know, play a lot of stray passes. Balls going out of play, um, and we we were frustrating them. So it felt like second half that we were just looking to pick up on scraps and you know counter attack. And when we did counter attack. We sort of run into cul-de-sacs. You know, we did. We didn't get the men, you know, wide enough. We didn't really get balls in the box. Mm. We don't play through the middle. We don't play. We don't try and play through the D of the the penalty area. We don't play through balls. You know, you get Luongo who run, who carries the ball. He runs. He then, you know, puts it off left or right to you know to to the wingers, and then it sort of you know fizzles out. We don't attack with pace. Um, so it's very difficult to see. You know, where the spark is. There didn't seem to be any sort of, you know, well, spark that's or ingenuity. the season, though. I mean, for me, until you guys all think about it, I've, I've watched the season as we all have, and we, we kind of spark into life, and then we just go off kilter again and, and then do something that we're not expecting. Because after the Philly game, which was one of the best away performances I've seen in quite a few years, totally dominated the away game, we then feel... And it's just like kind of like... Like Smith and Saturday, I felt was dying for someone to make runs in the middle. He was getting down. They were, they were fur- they've obviously done the homework. They've taken his legs every time. Mm. 
Um, Silla was just playing this really weird role of, like, if it's not on my feet, I'm not interested. Um, although he scored the goal, I would have still taken him Again, off. Again, yeah, scra- scraps. It was a, you know, it, was a, it, ba- it bounced out and he was in the right place at the right time that he seems to be for a lot of his goals. He didn't really do it. But then you think, everyone says, oh, you know, this is, this is the QPR because we've got the money. And I'm thinking, hang on, Washington cost nearly three million. He wasn't even on the bench. Silla cost 1.5, 1.6 million, something like that there. And Matt Smith's 500,000. And the only one making any, any difference, really... Bidwell was 1.7 million. Two players that are going to the World Cup with Pavel and Luongo. And you're thinking, it's the best player on the pitch by a mile was Darlon Furlong, who came for the youth team. Mm. Yeah, he played you well. know, so you kind of think to yourself, well, it works against some clubs that we can say our budget, Brentford's budget can't be that much. It's definitely not bigger than ours. Fulham's budget, yes, because they're being clever. So if you saw Villa and you saw us at Brentford, what was the, what's the difference? What's the difference in the way that we play? Fucking local derbies. We're crap. I'm sick of it, Raid. What's the start? It's something like 20 out of 20. It is really yeah, awful. Yes. And you're thinking, it's local pride. Do you know, Jim, you grew up in Notting Hill, like me, Raid, even yeah. though I've got a dodgy accent. <laughs> And David, you grew up, you know, watching QPR in the old days. You showed your programme earlier in the seventies. We always like whatever you could say about QPR, we always competed in derby games. And do you know what upset me on Saturday? I would say Brentford are fed up beating us, and that's really upsetting because it took them fifty fucking years. But anyway, what do you think, Jim? I, uh, I mean, uh, West London derbies. I know you don't think Brentford and West London, Middlesex, but, but I, I, that, I'm, I'm sick to death of. West London derbies. When was the last win? Off anyone's head? I can't. I can't. It's that long. It feels like that long ago. We beat Fulham last year away, and we beat the scum a few times. That was nice. Yeah, I remember that. Carry on. No, but I, I'm just I, that alone. I, 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 when you know they're coming up, my heart sinks to be honest because I think. Oh. It's going to be another shocking performance, or we won't put a performance in until half time, until he has to change something. Mm. I think Ian Holloway's quite reactionary. He, that's how I see him. I don't think he necessarily has a game. Well, maybe he must have a game plan, but well, he, 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 I, th- he, I do think it's unfortunate we're playing them with like three games to go as well, because we keep, everyone's been talking about the, the changing and the tinkering, and I do believe that. Holloway is not always the master of his own destiny in the team that he picks at this stage of the season because we've got players who we're clearly going to look to offload. Um, we want Silla hasn't played for for months. Personally, I don't see him as you know as a player who fits the way that we want to. I'm not sure how we want to play, but I don't think he fits the way that we ultimately want to play. And he's in, he's probably in the shop window, um, and there's probably a couple of others as well. Um, so I do think that Holloway will probably be influenced by um, you know the the gang upstairs to, to to play players that haven't played at this stage of the season. Um, I wasn't at the the, the game on Saturday, um, to my shame. You but bastard. but um, I was uh, I was listening at home on BBC Radio London, and I had to listen to um, James Scowcroft summarising. So was he dreadful? Yeah. Okay. Um, moving on. Um, but what what Jim said about. Uh, Holloway being reactionary or reactive or whatever, I, I think it's completely right because there have been so many games recently where we've we've come out first half we've just been totally asleep, mm-hmm. we've done absolutely nothing. Yeah, Finney, I was there with at Fulham with you. We you know terrible, terrible first half, and then we actually spark into life second half, make changes, go more direct, bring mm-hmm. Smith on or whatever it is, um, and and we actually start to play like a team. But there's only so many times that you can give away. 
you can give away a half and then expect to come back and actually get something out of the game. Um, and for me, just just to broaden it a little, there's been a lot of debate on 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 Twitter and Facebook about whether people think oh Holloway Holloway should stay or should he go or or whatever. And 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 for me, um, I'm not. I love Ollie. Uh, I'm not up for sacking Ollie. And certainly, you know, and this is the wrong. Obviously, you know, the fag end of a season left. But um, I do think it is right if the club did review. His, his position and actually had a look at and said okay well you know where is the football side going where are we going mm. where are we going strategically because um, I think I think there might be better managers out there tactically now first of all everyone on Twitter who's going to listen to this podcast is going to go tomorrow we'll name them then um, that's a rotten question no I'm it's not terrible it's my job <laughs> no I'm not I'm not I mean there's been a lot of debate to and fro to be honest there's been, jacket um, yeah I mean, I think I think he's a he's, he's a fair shout, isn't he? Shrewsbury, yeah, yeah. Um, what is his name? Come on, Finney. <laughs> <laughs> Back at you. Um, but do you not think managers coming into? I don't into know. A, I don't support them. Managers <laughs> who who you th- who we all think that would be, do a better job than Holloway. He's working under quite restrictive circumstances. Mm, yeah. So again, I do think that he's accepted the fate that he's got in so much as. There is no budget. It's and if it is, it's buying lower, lower league and, and, we and have develop got a budget. We're, we're, no, no, no. But you, you've got a budget. But I think if you, but if you think if you get if you go back to like last year's accounts and you know clearly they're trying to make more from player you know player sales. So we can't spend more than we're going to get from um, you know from income from from sales ultimately. We still spend nearly two million pounds in agents fees. That's a club that's still spending money. Yeah, and we still spend million. 10, 50 million, whatever, 15 million on, on wages or whatever the you mm. know what, so what, whatever the number is. Whereas Brentford and Millwall, whether we like it or not, I mean even Burton have got a chance of staying up now if they can put if they beat Bolton. And you kind of think it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors about the budget thing. Yes, it is a tighter budget, but it would be absolutely insane to keep spending the way we did. Um, the youth policy and everything else is, is under review, I know that. But you look at Brentford and you think, how the hell did we become London's West London's fourth team? That's what upsets me. I'd, you know, I'm not, I'm not criticising anyone. It's not my, my place to do that. I've never run a football club in my life. I can barely run myself. Um, but, you know, there's a wee bit of pride gone a wee bit missing here. You know, we've, we've fallen down the pecking order and that really hurts. To have Brentford fans looking bored of beating us again and Fulham fans singing, it's happening again. Horrible. How quickly do we really expect it to change? And maybe that's the, you know, fans don't want to hear that it's another four-year plan or, or you know, whatever it is, but... If people, you know, if the players that we've got are on certain contracts, two, three-year contracts, you're committed for wages mm. for that period of time. So you can only roll it, you know, every so, so often. Do you think the Holloway is dealing with basically the cards, he's the handy yeah. scar? Yeah, but I do. Is Oli the full guy as well? Do you know what I mean? Is he actually, do you know what I mean? He's the front man, but is yeah. he the full guy? Yeah, because no, I, I think I, they're all in it. Uh, ultimately, I think they're all in it together. I think this is, you know, he's running it a certain way with the constraints that he's got. I think you've got Lee Hoos, who's who's got targets to meet around you know revenue expenditure you know profit and loss all, all of that sort of stuff so I think they've all got their you know piece to run you know within that which builds the bigger picture and then you get go back to what um, you know Bertram said at the live podcast was it last year where you know if you improve every season you'll ultimately go up now where are we if we finish higher than we did last season is that an improvement number one 
I don't know by how many points or how many places. And if you keep doing that season after season, we, we will get to the playoffs. But one, I don't think people want to wait that long, no, and I'm not okay. sure that I'm not sure that the strategy is improving as quickly enough. Well, I also think that the quality of the football has been pretty dire for most of the season. When it's been good, it's been really good. And like you said, Finney, the, the the you know the, the Villa game away, the way we came back at Fulham, you know, absolutely cracking stuff. I mean, but but for yeah. But for most of the season, it has been pretty dire. And that's why I think, to be honest, it would be fair to be asking the question. I think, I, think, I don't think for a minute, actually, the club will dispense no, with Holloway services. No, so maybe it's, a, you know, maybe it's an academic argument. But I think, I think they should. And people saying that Holloway's done enough to stay, uh, not, not for me. Don't come on the podcast and use the word academic. We're football fans. Keep it simple, remember? We're not rugby supporters. David, what's your thoughts of the season? Um, well, I've only managed to get down there a couple of times, and um, I, I think season after season, I, uh, when I have been there more, I've seen the same as uh, what we've discussed just now, where you can go to one game and there will be some fabulous football. But mm. the next five games, there will be uh, a number of guys in hoops tripping over the ball, giving it away, um, uh, uh, or you'll have, you know, some even in the, you know, even in the eighties. I remember from the Premiership, it bizarre things like uh, Sinclair could take the ball wherever he wanted, but there was no one ever there to give it to. Mm. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Um, the clubs had money thrown at it a couple of times and as as uh, uh, we've discussed has, has wasted the money uh, it's not been spent wisely and there's uh, a lot of uh, players on very high wages it all seems a bit of a state mm. um, and I think Ian Holloway has done what he can really I can't okay. I don't know if anyone could do better Wenger's available now I understand I hope they get someone really awful. <laughs> well, Mark Hughes. Uh, oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> With Paul Hart as assistant. Yeah, that'd yeah. be me. Um, yeah, so uh, I love going, but you know, so often you're disappointed. Um, but See, there we go. That's uh, the delight of being a Rangers fan. But you see, the thing is, I, I kind of go back to a few years ago when we had Adele. And we had someone who could pull strings, who could do things, who was worth the money loan. You could actually, I, you know, I've done What do we pay for him? Like a million pounds? A million quid from Spurs, yeah. but it was worth Gamble, every right? penny and then some more. Um, and what a talent. And I know people get fed up because, oh, God, they talk about Adele again. They're going to be talking about Warnock next, and they're going to be talking about Stambles and Rodney Marsh and everything else. But sometimes you learn from them sort of players. I mean, my daughter used to go to watch Rangers End days when she was young, and she just loved watching Adele play. You know, he, you know, she she kind of like thought, God, this is what QPR is going to be like every week. This is brilliant. I mean, that pass to Routledge, bang! You know, the free kicks, the game against Cardiff away, and the game against Watford when we went up was just magnificent. And I suppose there's a generation of QPR fans who are struggling with this transition shall we say this kind of like going from like a competing at the top end we've we've gone through lots of lots of troubles at a time but it's like there's a, there is a fan base out there who have known quite a few years of success the playoffs and everything else where we did throw money at it now we're not throwing money at it should 
the expectations be higher, lower, or are we going too low? When well, maybe we should be in top ten. So, so I can say a couple of things. So I'm going to correct myself on the wages. I think the wage bill is about thirty million. But I think QPR's like, wages. Yeah. Wow. Well, for this? No, I think for last. Oh. For, I think it was for uh, sixteen, seventeen. Still like, a lot. Thirty million. million. But I think we were something like 75 plus or whatever it was. When yeah, but it was. you're not in the... Pre- I mean, but by the by, so when you say... Brentford's what, 9 million. What's to look forward to? But if next season you had the likes of... Uh, you had the likes of um, uh, Furlong and uh, Young Smith and Eze and the guy that played uh, Kukai. Kukai, right? yeah. What his name is? Um, he has done really well. I thought he did, I thought I thought he did okay. A yeah. couple of mistakes, but... You know, expect that. Not everyone's, you know. Indoors made mistakes when you first started exactly. playing. Um, who else have we got? Um, uh, Lumley, you know, if he comes back in goal. Lumley so looks a great prospect. If you've got there. four or five players who have come through this season who suddenly break through as regulars, mm. and I think the frustration has been every time these guys have played this season, they've, you know, they, they, they've they've done well, but they've not held down the first team place for reasons we don't know why. Because he changes it too much, Well, some would say. And maybe that he's you know still blooding them, and we've got other you know other other players he wants to play, um, and maybe that's been the, the inconsistencies have been reason why you know of, of the team selection means that we haven't played as well. Um, but if we've got four or five coming through next season, then that's taken us two three years to get to you know that that's the sort of strategy that we've been working towards. So now you you lose. Um, so who's leaving? Mac is leaving. Perch is leaving. Um, if we if we lose, you know, Smithies, yeah. there, 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 no others. Smithies four four or five senior the pros. Will go if he has a good week, World Cup. He'll probably go. Pavel will probably go if he has a good World Cup as well. Yeah, and we, again, it, it might weaken us in in the short term, but it's about balance, right? You still need the. You know, well, we've all right. We're we won't win anything with kids, right? So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Smithies. Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but with Smithies, you're probably going to have Lumley, Leapfrog, and Ingham. Especially judging by side. Oh, yeah. I thought it was very possible. Uh, um, and then you're going to have hopefully Grant Hall coming back. So maybe if we lose Lynch and Anua, then you, you're looking for maybe one or two more centre halves rather than a whole new defence. Furlong, places his. Mm. And to be fair, so is Bidwell's. I mean, Bidwell's, since yeah, gone back to on. flat back four, has been much better. So your midfield's going to be, Luongo will probably go. So you've got Skern, you've got Manning to come in for yeah. Luongo, yeah, which Manning I think well. is not yeah. a bad show. Although yeah. apparently he's being tracked by Palace. I think it's shade off. Um, and then you've got like um, Samuel, he can come in. And you've got, mm. uh, depending on where you're going to put Young Smith, you can either put him up front or you can play. You've got Eze, it is looking better. And you've got Matt Smith. But what they will need around him is older heads mm. to stop them panicking. Because the trouble with, with especially Saturday, you noticed it, when they got the, I don't know, maybe you didn't notice it. I noticed, I looked around at the players when they got the penalty, the heads just went to the floor. Mm. They were like, this, they, and if Brentford had scored that penalty, it would have been oh, absolutely. They're the Kinders. Um, I've never seen a goalkeeper see a penalty with a concussion before. That was, a yeah. uh, that was interesting because I was like, I was like, it was on the floor for ages, and then Brentford fans got men's man going, lads, away. If you've not heard of double jeopardy, even I know that, and I'm old, so behave yourselves. They can't send them off. Blah blah blah. And I see him standing in the school and he was swearing. He wasn't sure what. It was. I reckon he put your man off. Your man thought he's just going to fall. Mm. So he, the worst penalty I've ever. How yeah, bad was, was that penalty? Yeah, it was poor. It was shocking, wasn't it? And then we get back in the game. So I'm thinking second half. Come on, this is this is it. Like we're going to come out here. We're going to we're going to have a right go at them. And I waited, <laughs> and I waited, and it didn't. And then Smith put that cross in when Silla stopped running. Mm. And if he had carried on the run, it would under, under the crossbar. He could have put you know. And you kind of think maybe that's our season summed up. We're not quite there yet. 
But then, as you said, our expectation is too high. But then the other hand of it is you've, you, can, you should play every game like the best team you can. Yeah, There's I, no I point resting that. players last Saturday to play them on Saturday if you lose both games. Yeah. No point. I mean, my take on this is that I think Holloway's done a, a really good job at bringing on some of these these younger players. Well, if you're forced to, but oh. yeah, he has. But yeah, but I mean, yeah. you, but you, I mean, Paul Smith is an absolute joy to watch because he's he's at everything. He's like a little terrier, fantastic energy. Eze just glides around the pitch. You know, we know we know who the the players are who have come on a lot, and even Ryan Manning, apart from when he got sent off, looked pretty good when uh, you know when 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 he's come on. What's what's really frustrated me about Holloway this season is that. Even though we are going to finish a you know a couple of places higher than we did last season, the Holloway hasn't taken this side in my view and moulded them into a into a squad and a a team that is going to improve as a squad. Um, and so, you know we playing playing the three at the back uh, for so much of the season just didn't work. Just it just didn't work game after game after game. Um, and uh, you know. <laughs> The, the over reliance maybe on on Scarron Freeman and, and Luongo in, in midfield it was like it was almost like for a time that they were undroppable. I I just think Holloway could have done more to get more out of that set of players. Jim, someone said to me the reason why Freeman hangs on to the ball is because he doesn't see the players making the runs. I I would sort of go with that if I'm okay. honest. Yeah, I mean I love Freeman. I think he's a quality player. I think we need another... I personally would like another striker. Mm. That's where I'm at. Every championship club nods. Yeah, well, exactly, yeah. And we've been sport over the years, I suppose, Mm. as well. So so. you've got Freeman, who carries, likes to dribble and carries the ball. You've got Luongo, who dribbles and and carries the ball. The the strikers, this is where, you know, you've got Smith, who makes the runs, and actually when he starts to run and they've got the ball deep, they they yeah. give him the ball and they give it into space and he's quick and he he runs on. So I think first couple of games when we saw him come on and his mm, debut yeah. that that was his strength yeah. and the goal that his, his debut goal that he scored you know, was brilliant. It was a ball. It was into the channel. Picked it up. But when you've got Silla who doesn't make the runs and Washington when he's played he sort of is either out wide or if he was playing up front they were playing long ball they weren't playing the you know yeah. the, the the balls into channels for him. That's the that's the Patterns of playing, that's the game plan that I don't feel that when we get into the last third, we we seem to not have an idea of how we're going to score. But that goes to your point with Silla. I, I, as you said, he doesn't fit in our team. I, I don't think he fits in our team. And I don't, I don't think his work weight's good enough. No. But that's Championship. My, your work weight in Championship's got to be higher, surely. And it's more physical. So I think, I think Luongo in a Premiership team would be superb. Because give him the time and the ball... He'll be a much better player. He'll be more of a box to box player in the Premiership. Because I mean, look at Paul Smith and Sally. They were, they, were, they were coming at him in every direction because mm. they knew that he was the one with Pierce. He was going yeah. to win. He was kind of doing the Jimmy so, Mackey thing. Before. So you're, you're either giving him the ball to, ru- to, to run with it in behind. If you've got Matt Smith, he's playing on the last man who's knocking balls down and you're playing long balls. If you've got Silla and you're carrying it, you haven't. You know, you're going wide to probably try and get balls in the box, but he doesn't then make. You know, if you watch. You know, Man City, they get wide and they get it to the byline and they get they're pulling balls back all the time for people to to run on. And when we do do that, there's never anyone there in the box to you know to to put it Hence in. Hence why he probably keep, he keeps the ball longer than he probably should. Yeah, but because yes, yeah, yeah. Then you've got to look at this. But when we went up, we had Carl Walker. You said Man City with Carl Walker and Lawn. You could tell even at that young age that you, he was a superb footballer, an athlete. 
with tons of ability, and that was a shrewd signing. So perhaps with a few loans, obviously, listen, I hate to depress everyone, but we're going to have to lose money. Is, is, am I wrong in thinking this is the last year of parachute money? Have we got one more year? No, that's it, isn't it? It is this year, isn't it? And we've got the FFP hanging over our head, and we've got to cut the wage bill by a lot of money as well. So it's going to be hard, so then we've got to explore the loan market. The interesting thing about the loan market is, and this is why I hate FFP, right? is you've got Fulham, and they're absolutely exploiting the loan system. They're paying millions for players to come in on loan, and it's a flipping disgrace. If you're going to run FFP, either run it properly or scrap the bloody thing, because there's no point having it where clubs like us and I are going to get fined for brilliant failure. And you've got like Fulham breaking every rule going, and Villa, and yet they can still get promoted. You know, it, just, it just seems a farce. Just get rid of it. Bring in a rage cap. If you want to do something with it, bring in a rage cap. Do something different. FFP will not work, does not work, and it's such a stupid rule that no one really understands it. So, brings me on to my next question, David. Let's talk about the past. Because that's a good place to start sometimes. Sometimes you have to go to the Is past. because I is old? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not that far behind you, big man. Um, so... When you when did you first start going to Cooper? In fact, you've got the program with you, which I will take a photograph and put it on Twitter later on. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was your first game. And, uh, yeah, that was in um, QPR Blackpool. For anyone who can't see it, yeah, on it was, the wireless. Uh, I had two brothers. One was a Man United supporter, and the other one was an Arsenal supporter. And they wanted me to support their team, but one of them um, started going out with a girl whose brother was a QPR supporter. So to impress this girl, he took me to. QPR and said you'll have to cheer if QPR score mm. um, I haven't done that too many times since because um, <laughs> most games that I go to we don't score but um, in uh, I just you know I was completely hooked and um, from that day unfortunately uh, we moved to Anglesey sometime uh, uh, shortly after that so it was uh, I think until the I didn't get to go again until the early 80s all right. Uh, but I remember from that match, we lost it 1-0. Uh, right? Rodney Marsh hit a seagull with the ball. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was a standout. But he didn't mean to. It just, just happened. I've not seen that happen again since. It was flying over and he hoofed the ball. I up. it was flying over. It hit, wasn't in nets. It hit the, hit the gull, which sort of wavered a bit and uh, recovered. But uh, Phil Parks was in goal. <laughs> so you're watching the seagull through the whole time, thinking, like, I'm going to make. Well, is, is he going to, you know, is he going to make it? Isn't he, you know, is he going to end oh. up in the net? But um, no, the the goal got away, and uh, the the game carried on. But uh, you, just look at the team here, by the way. Manager Gordon Jago, coach Bobby Campbell, Parks, Clement, Tony Hazel, Terry Venables, Ron Hunt, Terry Mancini, Jerry Francis, Rodney Marsh, Leach, Ferguson. And Frank's all some that is some team. Oh yeah, and they uh, quite a lot of the foundation, of course, for the uh, the uh, team that needed. For the reference, the linesman was called Finity. Brilliant, Finnerd. Is that Finnerd? Yeah. Do you see great... the uh, Sorry, Blackpool manager as well? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, John Burridge. Yeah. Wow. Wow, he was old. Anyway, sorry. So. That, I mean, to be fair, that's some team in it. I mean, it's like me. I fell in love with John Byrne, you know. No reason why. I, you know, just loved John Byrne. Loved Dean Stewart. We had these flair players. 
And going back to the present team, I can see Smith being a floor player. I can see Samuel being a floor player. I can see Ezzy being a floor player. But I want to see him played regularly. And maybe that's the thing because youngsters, and sometimes it's the crowd's fault as well in some ways because a youngster comes in. I've heard it from behind me. A youngster comes in, one mistake, and they're getting absolutely caned. So is next season, Jim, more patience and... I think See you, how it goes. you're going to need patience. If we haven't got the money, what Let's else can you? What else, what else can you do? You're going to need patience, and as you say, you shouldn't get on their back. And it's good to have young players in. You know, I think that's that's the only way forward for us. Really. How mm. aware are they of it, young players, when that happens? When people are on their back, are they concentrating must so much that they that don't hear, or do they? Oh, do well, you hear everything at Loftus Road? Really? Really? You must do. You must hear everything. It's so yeah. close to the pitch. Yeah. I would be surprised. No, I know. I, I know that. I just, I just wanted maybe they're concentrating so much, or that. They don't hear it. But can you imagine if you're in a YTS league? They don't do YTSs anymore, do they? No. 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 Okay. Um, and you, 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 I call it apprenticeships, I think, now. <laughs> All right. I was in a YTS in the music industry. I lasted a week. <laughs> don't make a dyslexic a filing clock. Just heads up there <laughs> to the person who employed me. Didn't go well. No miss music. <laughs> anyway, um, and people are standing behind you going, you're shit. You're really shit. Why would you do that for? You put it on the air when it should be you. And... I'm sure in older times, as the older ones say, time's gone by. Players got a lot more time, but now you've got to be like instant. You've got to be mm. the striker that scores loads of goals. You've got to be the keeper that stops penalties. But that's possibly why that they're not, you know, they're not regulars because they're still building them up to, you know, be players in a, in, in the first. You think team. there's a plan? Mm, I wouldn't say. Uh, yeah, I would say. That, I would say there's okay. a plan. I would say there's a plan, but I think next season we see. Whether that plan is what what we th- what we think it is, whether these guys are now ready and good enough and can play, you know, thirty games a season or you know whatever whatever it is that their expectation. You know, I mean, the jump up is massive, though, isn't it? From you know under twenty, you know, under twenty three. Yeah. So how long has it taken Furlong to? You know, if we're saying Furlong is now the first choice in that, that position, how long has it taken him to to get that? Yeah. So when do we first see him? What I don't know, two well, seasons, a a season and a half, a couple of years. I don't know. I can't remember. He went alone, didn't he? But I think guns are flat back four has immensely helped him. Yeah. Um, and also, you can see how much he meant to him. He was about 95 feet in the air when we scored on Saturday, where, you know, that photograph is brilliant. And Furs is QPR. Mm. You can tell that the core of his soul, he's, he's a QPR player. And he's a great lad. And if it... I just worry because I know a lot of people, sadly, who aren't renewing next season. And that's oh, making yeah. me sad. Because I think, you know, if we can stick around Rangers for the playoff finals... And the promotion years under Warnock and Adele, surely a couple of poor seasons. I know it, I'm not preaching to anyone. I'm not. It's not for me or any of us to tell people what to do. But please renew. Please keep going. Don't lose the faith. Because football's an easy habit to break. Once you break it, it's so hard to get back into it again. And I love going to Loftus Road. And maybe it's unfair to me to judge other people. But what else are you going to do on a Saturday afternoon? You know, it's 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 our last reality of West London because so much of us have moved away and, and don't live in the area anymore like I you know I used to go down to Rough Trade before QPR games and, and, and do things like that there and put up a road and that and you, you're like a Grove you know the crack um, and now there's so many fewer people coming from that area and I just think it'll be so sad to see a half empty ground next season which brings us into what do we do again with the annual question with the lower loft Steve well it's in, it's in, it is actually interesting that today um, the club has uh, come out publicly in favour of safe standing. Which is brilliant. 
And Brilliant. yeah, absolutely. I'm really, really pleased that they've done that. Um, and I'm kind of going to come back to what your, your question, but um, I'm trying to, get if, to be controversial. <laughs> Did you answer the questionnaire at the last home game in relation to the? They were doing. I didn't get one. So they were questioning people as they came into the ground and whatever the last home game was. Oh, what was the yeah. last home game? Can't remember. Oh, yeah, um, I didn't see that. I so heard about it, but I didn't so see it. Yeah. So they were surve- surveying people as they came right. in. Um, you know, what do you think of the atmosphere? Do you think it would be enhanced by, um, you know, ultimately removal of the family stand? Well, yeah, that as well. That, that, that as well. Yeah. You know what, when there's... When there's you know, when the team winning and they're playing well, the the atmosphere is mm. is good all around the ground. It doesn't, but yeah. clearly it's the chicken and egg thing that we always discuss around. You know, what starts it? If if the football is good on the pitch, then the crowd will get behind the team. Um, the crowd may start, but if there's then nothing on the pitch, it will it will fizzle out. But ultimately, they were surveying people around that part of the ground and what people thought of the atmosphere. So clearly they're looking for justification to to think about you know changing I, that. If, I think if, if they were to bring in safe standing, say the lower loft or part of the lower loft and maybe the paddocks I think it would make a really big difference mm. to us. I love standing in the loft yeah. I was oh, yeah. bang in the middle when I was a kid yeah yeah. I used, that's where I used to go I was there on the last last day of the, the, the loft terrace sort of against Everton 1994 I had a photograph published with my mate um, Russell and a guy called Drew with the QPR flag on the knees practically in tears because it was the last game 90 minutes it was, it was also in Pete Dockery's um, fanzine and again, I didn't make a penny. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> but there, I think there's some people saying, oh, well, if we bring safe standing in, uh, we'll be able to increase the capacity. Um, as I understand it... Um, I don't think it will, though. I don't think it will. But, uh, the, the actual reason is, is that you can get more bodies in, but there are actually quite strict limits mm. on the number of people you can have on the concourses. To be, to be honest, if Brentford had anything to go by, which was a completely ridiculous, disgusting, stupid stand, I don't know how they got a health and safety certificate for because I've never seen a queue where people are trying to pee and buy a drink at the same time. But there you go, it's their ground. Um, coffee's it, cheaper. It, it was, did you see it inside? You what? The coffee's cheaper. <laughs> yeah, okay. My daughter, anyway. But the... Um, it was quite spacious, wasn't it? It, it was safe. Yes. I mean, it was safe. There yeah, was yeah. never, even when we scored, there was never. Yeah, any, yeah. you didn't yeah. feel like even. I remember years ago with the six 0 match when we scored, you were literally your, 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 your lungs collapsed. And when Dixon missed that penalty, we beat them as well. When Wegley scored, it was one 0 You kind of nearly ended up in the, the upper loft. So it is pretty safe. They should look at it, and it will improve the atmosphere because I have this argument with people all the time. The lower loft is pretty much kids on computer games. And I understand there's a generational thing there. Maybe I'm just an old fart. I don't know. But I'd like to see him watching the game more than the screen. Yeah. I mean, I think that's actually coming back to your question is that I, th- I think it could um, really make a difference with the lower loft. Actually, if you and, and stage standing could actually help to solve the problem that you, you could maybe divide the lower loft in two and you maybe yes. you maybe have half. You have one one side of lower that. Lower and off, upper as a well, family maybe, stand. Yeah, may, yeah, maybe. I mean, that, that, that's all to play for. But and and bring some safe standing in as well, so you kind of get, almost get the best of both worlds. It, mm. it, just it's just an idea off the top of my head. But the, the thing is, is that safe standing does give you better options. It gives you more options and more more atmosphere. I remember Ferguson saying years ago in his book that Loftus Road, when it was full and buzzing, was intimidating more than any other place I'd ever been to because you're so close, you're so focal. And we've kind of lost that a wee bit. I mean, I know they've got this thing, is it the Loft Boys? Which should be Loft Boys and Girls, in my opinion, but that's because I'm very PC. Um, and 
I understand what they're doing. They're trying, but please don't go down the road of the ultras. Please don't. That's just embarrassing. Or the clappers. No. <laughs> no. Oh, that stuff he just gave me. No, no, <laughs> them fucking clappers. It's really weird. I saw a Fulham fan the other day. It was, you know, you try and have a, strike up a conversation at the train station, as one does. And um, I'm like, ha, you're a Fulham fan then. I, I hope you're losing the playoffs. <laughs> He's just looked at me and gone, What? I goes, I really hope you lose the playoffs. In fact, I really hope that if you don't even make the playoffs, but you will, but, uh, you know. And he goes, QPR fan. I went, how do you know? He goes, it's a bitterness. It must hurt. <laughs> and I went, no, not really. I just don't like Fulham. I goes, how can you support a club that bangs paper rather than sings? And you're going to see this whole thing and, and you kind of think of the players they've got and the stadium they've got, blah, blah. And they think automatically you're jealous. I'm not jealous of anyone. I love our club. I love what we do on Saturdays. I love the atmosphere. I love QPR. There's nothing like it. I don't understand this thing when clubs are successful. They turn around and say, oh, you're jealous. No, I'm not. I just think you're pathetic. Anyway, if you've got any film relatives, just tell them I think they're pathetic. We're going to go to the R's end of the show. Johnny's looking at his phone, so I presume he's either on a... Well, what are you doing, Johnny, in your phone? computer game. Just check him on doing next after this. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so, Johnny, he says I'm going home. This is, this last, for anyone who wants to slag this podcast off, remember the last two weeks have been really good. Johnny! Um, if you oh. want to come back into the room. Um... Oz end. So, um, yeah, I'm, I've, I've seen a, a fair amount of clearly, you know, discussion and debate, and uh, I, I know where, where I, what people would think about the uh, the pitch invasion at the end of the season. I know it's not, um, it, it's not, um, well, it's frowned upon, and QPR clearly will be, um, you know, penalised, you know, through um, you know local councils and fines and. To the point made last week around, you know, if we needed to, I think Clive made it last week. If you know, we had to reduce our, you know, capacity in the last game to to prevent it. Um, you know, I, I have I have to say, as a sort of peace loving individual and having sort of been on the pitch with my kids the last couple of seasons, it, they, they love it. They don't understand. You know, the kids don't understand that it's detrimental to the club, and it's very easy for them to you know to run on. And actually, even as a parent, to to, to stop them doing it. It's quite tough because they just, you know, kids will just run, and some kids go on their own and don't even go with their parents. So, and as soon as one person gets on the pitch, um, I think it will just open the floodgates for for everyone. And clearly, I don't want anything um, detrimental to you know to happen to the to the club. And I know people think that it's a you know, we haven't won anything, so why should we do it? Um, but having been on the pitch, it's it's actually and just to have your you know picture taken on the pitch with your mates, it's just a ni- it's a nice thing to do, and I appreciate the fact that you get a couple of idiots who go on with you, and then the whole thing you know is a disaster. And I'm not saying I'm not advocating e- either way. Mm. I'm just saying having done it, and if I didn't have to do it, if I was stopped from doing it again, it's not a problem. But you're not going to stop the kids, you know, running on the pitch as soon as any. They're so, not kids. Well, I mean, you know, my kids are no, young, I've, young kids, I've, I've, you know, 12, 14, whatever. Mm. They, they, they want to do it. They don't understand. A lot of adults do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and after the, you know, the things that we have to sit through all season, it's just uh, it's mm. a nice release at the end, it, the I end mean, of I the agree. season. I mean, I agree. It is nice for the kids, and I completely get that. I've never actually done it, I'll I be honest. I did it once, and I felt a bit of a bit of a tip, really, so I never did it again. Um what if there were five of you all wearing QPR kit and you had a ball as well? <laughs> <laughs> You'd probably get... <laughs> what? Sorry, what? what is it? Get yourself an agent. Yeah. 
I'll look after you. <laughs> what Carry is on. a bit embarrassing is like you know, particularly with Birmingham, this you know this this time who might be in relegation trouble. Mm. You know, people like going over and giving yeah, it to, agree, to, yeah. to, to Birmingham agree. fans. But they are the top tier, though. Yeah, which it, it makes it even worse because you know yeah. there's no there's no fear of getting getting lumped, is there? If they're up in the top tier, well, like you man the last time. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I mean, just for me. I, I, I know it's a bit of a tradition, mm. but let's say we got fined fifty grand, which is not unreasonable. We might even get fined more. Mm. We've got to sell a lot of season tickets to cover that fifty grand, or for a you know for for a youngish player, that is one hell of a big chunk of their salary, if not if not all of their salary. If you put it in those terms, that is actually hurting the club. And so I'd just say to anyone, you know, if you can avoid it, don't do it. I think the thing is, I'm not letting that be your end though, because it's, it's, it's tropical. Mm-hmm. Topical? Um, is that we will get fined, the players won't come out again, you won't get to say goodbye to those that have served the club over the last few years that you might want to say goodbye to. And I think for one season and one season only, we can possibly give it a miss and prove to the club that we do care about the financial. There's no point in us mourning about the club not being able to be put under financial restrictions and then going and costing the club a load of money and possibly taking off from the council and making things worse. Just this year, give it a miss. There's no real reason to go on the pitch. Um, if we win an FA Cup match, by all means, get on the pitch and pray. You okay. know, and do what you want. But this season, give it a miss because we're only going to get ourselves in a whole load of shit that's not needed and we can say goodbye to everyone and we can go home in a sombre type which is why I'm going to end the season it's going to be a sombre end of the season and we can say goodbye to those who need to say goodbye to and we can prove that we do listen to the club when they instruct us otherwise but Johnny go on what is your other hours end of the show um, I just don't really have one I think I just really would like to see sort of thinking about next season just some of the things that we've talked about where we do see um, sort of you know the rebirth of some of the young exciting talent coming through and they're able to hold down you know, places on a regular basis, and uh, and that it becomes more exciting again. I think that the, the season has been a bit mixed. I think um, at times that I have enjoyed it more than you know watching Hasselbank's team. Um, and, uh, <laughs> Sorry, uh, and I and um, I'd like to see sort of it taken up a notch. You know, next season, and if we can keep sort of turning it up a notch. Um, you know, maybe not every se- not, not more frequently than every season, and sort of through the season, then. Um, yeah, I'm happy to re- renew, which I have done, and that's my expectation. David? Um, well, of course, I'd like well, to What's your book called again? Uh, the Royal Factor. Brilliant. And, and available uh, in Amazon. In all good and Amazon stores. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately, not Waterstones. But oh, um, don't if you there, look then. me up on, uh, 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 on Google and The Guardian, you'll see that I've had a bit of a, an argument with Waterstones. Um, God, that's where that came from then. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. Um, so, yeah, I, of course, I'd like to see us um, take it up a, a notch or, or so, as you said earlier on. But uh, one of the great joys for me about QPR is that it's uh, a club that no one has really got much against. I, I love going there, oh, uh, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And I love despising Arsenal fans, Spurs fans, for the constant hunt for success that they never quite get. Whereas I don't feel that we're ever in that position, which some may see as defeatist, but actually I just love the atmosphere of the club and, um, uh, and you know, it, is, it seems slightly different to other clubs to me and long may that continue. Mm. Steve? Uh, two really quick ones. Um, 
Number one, congratulations to Hereford FC, promoted for the third year in a row and are back in the Vanarama. Um, Excellent. <laughs> no one cares about that. Um, no, we do, Steve. I mean, Hereford, it, Hereford's a great story. It, is a, it is a fantastic story. Uh, another story that's not so great today is we had news about Warren mm-hmm. Farm and that our friends, or the friends of Warren Farm, say Warren Farm Group, <laughs> are yes. appealing uh, once again. Um and it's really frustrating because they really are on their kind of like last burning embers of this case. Um, it's going, it's, I think we can appeal against their appeal. It's complicated legal stuff, but, um, it's just, it's just really annoying because the, I know that the club are so desperate to, um, to, to, to move on with this. We need it as a club and, Desperately. and, 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 you know, Lee Hoos, he's a, he's a, he's a pretty good guy, really. Uh, he he must be tearing his hair out, um, and I'm sure the rest of the club is as well. I think just one thing I'd say is that it's it's really easy to go on social media and um, and kind of slag off the, the 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 kind of the local residents who are complaining. That's kind of fair fair dues, and we all feel a bit angry. But are you in the Brentford Action Group. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just. It, I don't know. They, they've got a they've got a right to take it as far as they want to and can afford to take it. Do you think we should it. try and um, use reverse psychology and defeat them by kindness? Well, that's taking the dogs. That's for walks. where that's where I'm kind of take them for a walk. You know, were, the, were this were this to happen again, I think you know maybe maybe there's more that we can do to kind of take that... take take the community with us. But I, I'm coming from a different angle, Steve. I think feck them. <laughs> They're doing my head in. It can only improve the area. I know the area. I've played some the league football. I know exactly where it is. I know this is just ridiculous. We need this. We can improve it. It's going to happen for everyone. It's going to be a good thing for everyone. For God's sake, get a life. Give it up. Let us, let us expand. Let us help the community. Let us be a force for good. And go back to Brentford and cheer whatever you want to do at Brentford. It's, it's, really, it's really, really frustrating. And it's one of those things that you actually can't really blame the club for because no, not at you all. Know, you know, they they've got mired in this. The club have actually tried their best to, to make it happen, and you but know. it's such. Sorry, Steve. I, I I don't understand it. If it was a lovely area, which I'm yeah. not saying it isn't, but it needs improving. We can improve it. We can help yeah. it. We've we've gone to and we've said we'll do things for the community. We'll open up for everyone. We'll make it a purpose for existence for everyone, and. They're still being ages about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not defend. I'm not defending not. them. Um, you know, like I say, it's, it's just damn frustrating. It's just, I don't know. If 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 you're gonna if you can avoid slagging off the the the, the residents on social media, that might be a good I w- thing. I but. would suggest not being horrible to them, but just question why they don't walk the dogs yeah. more instead of getting on a keyboard and putting in objections for things that will only improve the area well, and bring the- in jobs and bring in. Extra. That's the thing. I mean, I, I know the area a little bit. It's a dump, and we're, we're only going to improve it. And, exactly. You know. Jim, thank you, Steve. That was a good hour's end. Oh, my hour's end is only that next season, I'm just hoping for kind of a, a playoff push. That, that would please me no end. Uh, that's, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, and I'm feeling pretty positive about it. You've got to be positive at the beginning of the season, haven't you? You've got the rest of the season to be depressed. He's only had a pain. <laughs> yeah, he's well, only, seriously, people, he's only had a pain. No, no, I think you've got to, yeah, I think it'll be good next season. Brilliant. Right, my hour's end is pretty straightforward. Well done to everyone done the London Marathon. I think the guy called Colin might have done it. I, I did see that somewhere, I, I think, amongst 5,255 posts. But well done, Colin, actually. Well, you've done well. Mate. Yep, need to read some more about it. Um, <laughs> secondly, Johnny, David, Steve and Jimmy, thank you so much. Do you know what I want next season? 
I don't care about anything. I want to see people who wear that shirt with pride, passion and belief. That'll do me. That's a QPR I grew up and loved. I forgot one thing. Got a podcast on Thursday with the chairman of the football club. Thank you, Queensport Rangers, for giving us the opportunity. And rest assured, we will be absolutely keen for not asking the right questions. We will be called in the club's pocket, I'm sure. But I promise you, we will try and ask the right questions. We will try and make it fair. If we haven't got credibility afterwards, so be it. But we will try our best. And there's... We're, listen, I'm just a van driver, but I will do my best to get to the bottom of what's going on at QPR, as we all will do. So please listen to that podcast and turn up on Saturday. Don't go on the pitch. Say goodbye to the team in style. Predictions, Johnny. Let's do this and Leeds because of various reasons. Um, I think we'll beat Birmingham 2-0 and I think Leeds will be a draw 1-0. David? Um, we will beat Leeds 2-1. And Saturday against Birmingham? Um, Nil-nil. Oh, Jesus. We haven't had any of those for a while, have we? No. No. Mr Happy's not going to come back on for a while. All right, Steve. Uh, Birmingham need points, so I saw one all draw. Leeds will be on the beach. What did you say? What? (laughs) Birmingham need points, so we're always always good at gifting points to the teams that need it. We're a charity. Yeah, exactly. And Leeds are on the, be- on, on the beach. It's like three days before they fly out to Burma. Hey, big club, big club. Yeah, yeah on their Asian tour. <sighs> so, um, oh God, who cares? They'll probably beat us. I don't know. 2-0. <laughs> Did you ever get sick of the whole thing with Leeds saying like, you know, we're the big club, blah, blah, blah. Done nothing for years. Hate them. Carry on. Uh, score for the next game, 2-1, mm-hmm. I think. And then nil nil's going to be, I think, last game of the season. Saturday, I think we'll win 3-0 because our home form, when we, when we can, um, we'll probably lose 3-0 the next game because as we do well, we kind of go, yeah, up in goal difference and back down again. But it doesn't matter because the season's over, the clear out will start, and next season, pride, passion, belief, bring it back. This has been Up and All Ours. Thank you, everyone who's coming to the live podcast. You are fantastic. You'll be seeing Sean Derry, you'll be seeing Clint Hill, you'll be seeing Kevin Gallen. And you can all buy me a cider. Thank you very much. And thank you guys for joining us. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yours. 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 Yours.